Thank you for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Wars, rumors of wars, and natural disasters. Lately, it seems these are all we hear about in the news on a regular basis. For the typical believer, these are nothing more than a reminder that our true home is with Christ. However, the more complacent we are in the world, the less we see these signs as such. In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to keep your eyes set on Christ as we draw near to His return. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 8, 2019. How many of us truly expect that Jesus could come back and the rapture of the church could happen this afternoon at the hour of 2 p.m. Oh, good. Thank you, Joyce. God bless you, Joyce. (laughs) Anybody else? I mean, let's, come on, every hand should go up. Both my hands go up. The reason I say it that way is because that's what Jesus was saying. I mean, when I come, it's going to be as a thief in the night, at an hour you expect not. None of us expect to have a thief send us a text and say, hey, I'm going to break in at 2 a.m. Is that a good time for you? Because that's be expecting me. I know that's kind of silly, but that's what Jesus is saying. Now, I need to, also in concert with that, say this. Yes, the rapture can happen at any time. There's nothing that has to happen prophetically, Nothing needs to be fulfilled. Nothing has to happen prior to the rapture. The rapture can happen at any time. However, as a watchman on the wall, I would be grossly remiss were I not to sound the alarm that things could get much worse prior. And lest that strike fear in your heart, Let me hasten to say that the worse things get here, the more we long to be with the Lord in the air. Listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy in his second epistle, chapter 4. 
He says, verse 6, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, and now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And, listen, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. I know in my own life that pain and suffering, difficulty and trials and hardship and adversity has this much needed effect of loosening my grip on this world and the things of this world and causing me to long for that trumpet to sound. Isn't it true that when things are going well, the Lord's return is not longed for as it would were things not going so well? I'll take it a step further and suggest that this is actually one of the main reasons, I believe, that born-again Christians aren't excited about the rapture. Let me explain. Their roots are down too deep in the temporal soil of this world, which is passing away. Their treasures are on earth, and Jesus said where your treasures are, well, that's where your heart's going to be. It's the only explanation I can come up with. I'm just being very candid with you, because it's always puzzled me how it is possible that as a Christian, you, you, you wouldn't just long for the rapture, long for the return of the Lord, long for the trumpet sound when the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain are caught up. I, Lord, come quickly. I, I just, it's, it's, I, I just grasped at reasons why it would be that a Christian would, instead of saying, Lord, come quickly, Lord, no hurry. I think of that parable at the end of Matthew 24, when Jesus contrasts, compares these two servants. And he says to them, uh, I'm leaving. I'm putting you in charge. And I'm coming back. You just don't know when I'm coming back. So get to work. The one servant who was the good and faithful servant was found doing that which his master had commanded him to do. Why? Because, hey, he can come at any time. The other servant, oh, he's like, party on. He starts throwing parties, big feasts, everybody's drinking, partying, having a great time. Why? Because 
my master delays his coming. He's not coming for a long time. We got plenty time. And so when the master comes, oh, is he caught off guard? I wonder. I wonder. Maybe we would do well to allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts concerning this. Is our grip too tight? And it could be a good thing, a godly thing, but am I holding on too tightly to it? Is the Lord wanting me to loosen my grip? I was thinking about this, and maybe I need to share this. Whenever it it keeps coming back, I take it as the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, I want you to share this. You know the, the boy who cried wolf, right? A lot of prophecy guys get labeled, oh, they're, you know, you're crying wolf, you're crying wolf. And, you know, you've been crying wolf for 16 years telling us that the Lord could come at any time. Well, there's one thing about that wolf story, by the way. The wolf did come. Right? So what are you saying? Well, here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I would rather stand up here every Sunday, as is my privilege to do, and say to you, He's coming, He's coming, He's coming. And not have Him come as soon as we had hoped, than to stand behind this pulpit and not say, He's coming, He's coming, He's coming only to have Him come sooner than we expected. As I see what's on the horizon, I have to say, He's coming. And it's sooner than we think. And this is why we do this every week. This is why we have these prophecy updates. I. I continue to get comments and emails. Please, pastor, don't ever stop doing these prophecy updates. And I think to myself, I have no intention of stopping. And even if I wanted to, like, you think the Lord's going to let me get away with that? Ask Jonah about how that worked out for him. (laughs) This is... This is what God has called me to do. He's also commanded me to preach the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. The gospel is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The apostle Paul is writing in verses 1 through 4, and he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast 
the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Don't let that crash your hard drive. I used to use the metaphor, jam your gears, but that's way outdated now. The reason I say don't let that crash your hard drive is because of Hebrews 4.2, which we talked about I think last week or a couple weeks ago. There has to be a mixing of the hearing of the word with faith in order for there to be salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. There has to be an interaction, a transaction, if you will. He says, verse 3, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Why is that good news? Because He went to His death, His blood shed in our stead, and we are free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. All who would come to Him, putting their trust in Him for the forgiveness of sin, calling on Him, will be saved. Which is also why we do the ABCs of salvation. It's just a simple, childlike explanation of salvation. But before we get to that, I want to share with you a praise report. It comes from an online member that I had mentioned a number of months ago by the name of Pia. She's in Switzerland, and she has this ministry in Switzerland's red light district. And we have been praying for her. I know many of our online people have been praying for her, supporting her. She's been using the ABCs of salvation in the red light district there in Switzerland, and many of these women are coming to Jesus Christ. I just want to share with you this praise report that she emailed me. She said, in the last few months, a lot of things happen in the red light district. I believe it is thanks to your prayers and because Jesus wants to see these women free. Several women were able to leave the red light district and are now doing an apprenticeship to learn a job. One of the women wanted to speak with us and asked us if we were able to help her because she didn't want to sell her body anymore. She gave me her phone number and the next day I informed our headquarters and some of my sisters who are also visiting the women in the red light district. All went very quickly. My friend had only one space free to do an apprenticeship in her little company, and she said that she wants to speak with her. That's the Lord. The problem was, first, that we found out that for several years she was like a boss over the prostitutes. But after we spoke with her, we found out that she already made this change in her life. She isn't yet a born-again believer, And so she started two weeks ago the apprenticeship in a beauty institute. In the next few months we will look after her regularly and share the gospel with her. 
She is only one example. Some have a job now and are born again believers. Some are on the way to become believers. The important thing is that they don't have to sell their bodies for sex anymore. We thank God and our Lord Jesus that He has a heart for these women and that He opened so many doors in the last few months. It encourages us to see that with Jesus we have victory, and that also in one of the darkest places in the world, in human trafficking. Now I wish you, your family, and Calvary Chapel Kaneohe all the best, and God bless you richly. Blessings from Switzerland, Pia. Praise the Lord. Yes. Here's the A. Before I do this, one one more thing. You know that, this might come as a shock to some of you, but it is not my job description to evangelize. My, my, My job description is pastor, teacher, and equipper, if I can say that. I am to equip you to evangelize. I'm to equip you. That's my job description. It's actually very, it's, it's as short as my resume, like one line. <laughs> Pastor, teacher, equipper. So whenever I do the ABCs of salvation, I do so for two reasons. Number one, with the hopes that if you're here in this church or watching online and you have never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, that today would be the day of your salvation. That's the first reason. The second reason is to give you, equip you with a tool that is so simple to share your faith. It may not be in the red light district in Switzerland. It could be on the streets of Waikiki here on Oahu. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned against God. And this is really what repentance is. It's a change of mind concerning your sin and your need for the Savior. You're turning from your sin to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty that has been pronounced on all because all have sinned. That's why it's the good news that Jesus came and said, I'll pay your death penalty for you instead of you. That's why it's good news. So he pays for it in full and then offers us the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it this way. You are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
He did the work. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And in so doing, he paid in full the price, the penalty. And then he offers us this gift that he paid for. Freely given the gift of eternal life. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C is for call upon the name of the Lord. You know, this is, you don't even really have to memorize this. This is something that, I mean, it's just simple as ABC. Acknowledge, believe, call. Acknowledge, believe, confess. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13, it says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. For me, that was 37 years ago on a cold January night on the mainland when I just called upon the name of the Lord, believing in my heart, trusting in Him for the forgiveness of sin, accepting the free gift of eternal life that He paid for. I fell asleep praying, calling on the name of the Lord. Woke up the next morning, I was a new creation in Christ, and never looked back. Why don't you all stand, and we'll pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Lord, we want to be found faithful, and we want to hear those words. We long to hear those words from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in. And Lord, we believe that day draws very near. So Lord, our prayer is that if there is anyone that is either here in this church or watching online that does not know you, has never called upon you, and is not ready for you, that today they would surrender to you, humble themselves before you, acknowledging their sin, their need for forgiveness of sin, believing in their hearts, confessing with their mouths, calling upon you to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.